What is up? This is Sarah G and it is Gen Z Gab. Let's get into it. This week's Monday Mood is Mahogany Mommies, and they are a black-owned business run by women for women, etc. They're starting to change the game. They are phenomenal. I just got two new shirts from them, and I love the message that I am wearing on this. Embrace what makes you unique, even if it's uncomfortable, there are so many other varieties of shirts and stickers, so go and check them out. They're on Instagram, and I know that I just said mommies very sarcastically, but that is because I've been watching too many of, like, Mama Uncharted, like I said, multiple times, because she says, like, those mummy vloggers or the mummy mummy, you know? So, sorry if it came off a little more sarcastic. And as we change gears for the rest of the podcast, I do want to acknowledge my ADHD is rampant on firing very different cylinders, a little bit my dyslexia. And yes, word vomiting is still a big thing right now or wrong word sayings. I don't know. They have different names for it. I do want to put a trigger warning, but this is a very good one for a dog medical problems. Yes, as many people know, I have talked about my delightful dog, Misty. She is my soul, my life, my baby, and she has a condition now called Addison's disease, and I'm sorry if my brother is just hearing about this for the first time as I'm talking about it on the podcast, because let's face it, there's a lot going on, and we might have not told him everything because he's busy playing baseball and doing school but anyway she is a bearded collie and that is one of the dogs that is more prone to it another dog that's very prone to it is a labrador retriever a west highland terrier great jane and a duck hunting retriever i don't know there's some other corgis i think are and just some other dogs that are kind of similar, I read up, but those are like the top five. And I want to discuss a little bit some of the signs and symptoms, atypical versus normal, and what age it really affects, because truly, I think that it's a little lesser known, but the signs to be aware will be much better. Also, it can happen in mixed breeds. It does not just happen on account of if you did puppy mill kind of whatever backyard breeding again my dog came from a good lesser known breeder but they had had two dogs that were health tested from reliable recommended breeders from a registry of the American Bearded Collie Association or club so so as my vet would say it had nothing to do with even if she was health tested and she had a certificate that said she was health tested. And I know people will say you can get anything, but it's one of those where it happens mostly in one to four year old females, but it affects males just as much, but they like to say females because they have more documentation on females and it is the great imitator as they would say. So as I 
talk about it. My dog has, I think, more of an atypical presentation. She did not have a lot of vomiting. I know that sounds disgusting, but that is what happens with these. And she had a lot of bad poop and diarrhea. And I know, again, if you're queasy, this is not the message for you, but I'm just trying to put it out there for all my pet owners. It's very unlikely to happen in cats, but it's similar with cats. I have a cat also. She's giving me the side eye that I'm spending so much time on the dog. But hey, she gets her own stories with the fact that she still hasn't caught that stupid mouse. And just a lot of stress has been going on within our whole family. It's because my dog doesn't produce enough of the cortisol hormone, the stress hormone, which I know that we don't necessarily want to be overfilled, but we don't want to be underfilled. And as someone who has Hashimoto's thyroiditis, I also can speak on behalf of how my family doesn't have Hashimoto's. We have had some, you know, of the non- the non-autoimmune thyroiditis or some stomach problems, etc. So my mom joked that it's a match made in heaven. Our first dog, Misty, is our second. Our first dog, Oreo, had a bunch of stomach problems. Now we're looking back, and maybe she did have Addison's disease, and they never looked for it because she never had the most typical presentation, etc., and she was just a mellow dog. Here's the difference. Misty is a fireball. She will bounce and bark and do what she wants when she wants. She's very strong-willed and independent little pupper. She will be four in September, and so she fits a lot of the bill of what Addison's disease is. And the doctor told me Wednesday about it, and I started to freak out because I was pretty sure that it was then, and I kept telling my mom we should run the test then. Well, because she became an emergent-ish case on Friday, they were able to speed up the process and did the in-house labs. So my mom gives me this look like she wasn't too bad, but because they had to go to a tournament this weekend for my brother, they wanted to get it all done. And I can say that it's very much a good prognosis once you get it done and also please guys just listen to this you can do your own research but again you should bring it up with your vet because your vet knows that it's the great imitator they are smart enough to know what it is but they just need it reminded to them because sometimes it's not even on their radar the vet intern actually had to remind my doctor that it is prevalent in my dog breed. But because my dog also had an atypical representation of it, and because it seemed more like nausea and a parasite, which again, we can't confirm or deny that my dog had a parasite. It seems more like a parasite now that it might have just jumped her Addison's disease to become more. I know it takes weeks to months, but if you think about it, considering that if my dog had a parasite, kind of like with Hashimoto's getting stuck in lockdown, some of that stress, etc., could have led her to have her body react that way, because a lot of it is based off of body reaction. So there's that. I cannot get over, though, 
how funny it is that a difference that 36 hours makes. Like, we were so concerned Thursday and Friday, the first part of Friday, even though they gave her her treatment, but we weren't sure how much, even though it takes like 24, 48 hours for her whole treatment to kick in. We weren't sure if this was even going to be the missing piece of the puzzle, because even though we really don't know if we wanted it to be that, we didn't want it to be something else that they have no idea and don't really have a treatment for. And they double-checked on blockages, etc. And my mom said for the past 10 days, she's had like four vet visits. And my mom even said, because we winded up with a balance at the vet office, said don't go and use all of your you know, them paying in one or two visits, and she's just flying through it. I will also say I was misunderstanding. I thought my parents had vet insurance, pet insurance, and that's a little bit more fairly new. But if anything, this dog has taught me is that I need pet insurance because I don't think I will ever have, like I said, the luxury of an accountant job that makes me just make more and more money stably, which again, isn't a bad thing, but I, I'm kind of the odd one out, the black sheep in the family that doesn't really do the whole nine to five thing, clearly, as I'm talking in my podcast. So yeah, there's that. But other things to just consider is it can happen to any dog, but those were the top five. The reason we were more concerned with Misty is because she is, like I said, a great ball of fire. She will not do everything she thinks that we have to make her do. Like, she's a bouncy beardy. If she, she will not stay down no matter how many times you tell her to stay down. And the past week, she's been especially just mellow. And this was not what my mom meant when she wanted her to be mellow. And she's been resting her head a lot on us. She's just been not feeling good. And she had some leg trembles, trem tremors, stuff like that. And that can happen with stomach problems. But it just was starting to be very concerning, especially Thursday night when she wouldn't even touch. Like, you have to feed your dog anything at this point when they're sick like this. So we were giving her rice, beef, and some, trying to give her some treats. We give her peanut butter because she loves peanut butter. And yes, dogs are more omnivore than carnivore, but they still shouldn't be just eating, like, a vegetarian vegan diet. Like, they need like a lot they can't just have strictly beef obviously but they or meat but they need more carnivore in them despite what some sites may say I just have to say that and we have been told that we need to feed her kibble like we need to try to feed her wet or dry kibble after she works through this attack but she will be on steroids for the rest of her life and that's okay because not everyone can make everything like again like I said I know I talk about my thyroid a lot on here but I don't make enough of T3 and T4 so yeah it's it is what it is but I do believe she is my soul dog so that's why I've probably been stressed everyone in my family probably has been very stressed but I have not gotten very good night 
night of sleep because of all her conditions and I want to make sure she's still breathing. I know I'm a little crazy that way, but uh, yeah. And yesterday I was at work and kind of telling everyone, I don't know what she's got going on. And now I feel even worse because I kind of go, this dog will eat anything. Part of the reason she was eating sticks and stuff was to try to make her feel better because sticks and grass sometimes make pets feel better when they don't feel good. Like it brings out things. So moving on from that, I'm going to talk, speaking about animals, I'm going to be talking about the new show called Animal Control. And by the way, it is not a spinoff of the Parks and Rec, but it does star Joel McHale, and I'm very excited about that. I really like it. It's a little raunchy, but it fits a lot of the things that I'm looking for in a comedy. There's not a lot of laugh tracks. Now, I love Night Court, and that has a laugh track, but I'm saying I do like some of those more satire, mockumentary styles, similar to, like I said, Abbott Elementary, that doesn't really have a laugh track. Because sometimes I think laugh track ruins things. Like, it tells me when I'm supposed to laugh, even though I'm genuinely laughing. And I've thought about this as I've rewatched a lot of my shows from growing up. Like, again, Wizards of Waverly Place. I watched The Wizards Pod with Selena Gomez this week as a star. And I started to realize a lot of the things she said when it comes to social media, etc. And how there's that whole Hailey Bieber crisis. Which she's not even trying to be a part of the drama but that's why she's now going on another social media hiatus which I would love to do but unfortunately like I said I feel like I can't quite have that luxury yet even though people keep saying you have a luxury to take time for yourself I get that but I've even noticed within the week that I haven't been promoting quite as much my podcast I haven't gotten as many people clicking on it and I know that that's It's a double-edged sword because here's the thing. It's the irony of I want to take a break as usual, as I've been discussing as a theme the past couple weeks, to where I can't. And that's what really sucks. Also, the fact of me trying to not care how many followers I have, but I keep losing them. Or when I think a big name person follows me and then they unfollow me immediately. And then it's like my self-worth depends on that, which it doesn't. So there's a lot of that. Also, I've been seeing way more again on my For You page of TikTok, just people having drama with beefs of different groups. And I also have to say, I never really cared too much about the vlog squad. I know I've talked about David Dobrik here, but the fact that I keep seeing Tana Mangu on like the different podcasts with like Ethan Klein, EFS, etc. Those type of podcasts talking about her own issues with the vlog squad. I don't understand why people still want to be in their group when it sounds like a bunch of them are racist or sexist or very just anti-vax. Again, I know that I'm gonna get in trouble or blacklisted and that's why I've got to choose my words very very carefully because they have got so much power on the internet but when I see other people start to expose them it's like and say the same things it's like wow even with this amount of traction and popularity it brings me back to the dead to me episode not dead to me why do i do that always uh dead to me is a netflix show right a netflix show that has so many different options dead to me has christina applegate why do i do that when i meant to say 
not dead yet with Jane the Virgin and all that. Oh my gosh, my brain, like I said, I need to hit the reset button and sleep better because I already know that with me going back to sleep and sleeping half the day, that is not, that is not a good look for me. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Dead to Me is that Netflix show with the whole thing of Linda Cardelli's character murdering the husband accidentally of Christina Applegate's character and then blah, 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 all that stuff. And yeah, sorry if I spoiled it, but it's been around for a while, so whatever. But I do think, like, the whole social media presence is very different than it's ever been, and I do see a lot of shifting. I see a lot of people, again, moving back to the 2019 2020 kind of mantra with their social media and I think that that in a one way good like bringing together like the pandemic like I've mentioned a lot of time but the other thing is that it's probably not so good for me when I do duet or stitch some of those people that I probably knew of during that era and now are calling out maybe some of the people that they're friends with or whatever but again it's not like I'm super close with anybody and I'm just more trying to see the parallels that go on between things and also the fact of the matter is a lot of them have settled out and it's one of those things where it makes me think of the a few good men you can't handle the truth and I know that I can't always handle the truth but I've had a lot of things you know where I've had to reflect a lot lately on myself with where I am at. Even the fact of the matter that I put so much, again, like so many others, self-worth into this online presence, but it's because it's like there's no other way to. And the fact that a lot of us are slowly killing ourselves just for a few cents on TikTok just makes it a lot different and mental health matters all that stuff and I think a lot of the times we sometimes inadvertently say things that are out of touch with reality and come across not the way that we intend to and then make it worse when we talk about it to no end and I know I do that and I'm doing that on this podcast right now obviously I could try to be completely funny and not care but this is how my podcast structure around is. It's my chaotic nature of how my brain works, how those society works, how being the geriatric Gen Zer that I am is. I'm looking for a job. I'm looking for a place. And again, last week I said, I don't know where I really want to live. I still don't know where I really want to live, but unfortunately still all signs point to California because of how the content and the digital and the acting has so many more opportunities. But the problem is, as usual, I was a kid that didn't have a lot of close friends growing up and I don't have a lot of close friends now and where everyone goes, like, Listen to Caller Daddy so that you can know that you're not alone in this journey of not having friends after high school and college. But it's like, where is the point for the kids that never really fit in in general? Because that has been obviously my two cents of this week and my typical kind of 
rant, I obviously searched still the social media strategies, and of course, they don't work for me because I'm an outside-of-the-box thinker. And I know that I might come across, like, a lot of, you know, to the point or very not to the point because of how people picture me, analyze me, or think about me, although they're probably not because I don't really have that much of a following, which is okay. Again, I think of the not dead yet with Brittany Snow and how the, her character had millions of followers, but she didn't actually have any true friends. I think that we don't really think about that as much. And I keep going back to that episode every time I feel down on myself because it's really truthful. And I also like how they have a character, even though I have ADHD, there's some things that go hand in hand with ADHD and autism, OCD, etc. All of them, there's so many different umbrellas and overlap with, as they like to say, neurodivergence now. Uh, whenever I get back to having one of the therapists on, we can talk about that more and just the layers and the things that go along with it. So that's good. And I like Gina Rodriguez's perception and her way of playing the protagonist in her not dead yet. And I like how she talks with her roommate because even though he is kind of odd, at least he's straight to the point. And I like that it's like not a big deal. So I highly recommend you go and check it out. Like right now she's pulling like, again, the Denny New Duquette thing where she's dating a ghost in her latest episode. And maybe that just dives into her whole commitophobe thing or whatever. I'm moving on to what people probably are more curious about or could care less, and that's fine. The whole thing about the Greys redoing the whole carousel never stops turning, etc. Again, I am so unpopular, but I don't want Joe Link. I do agree that they had better moments this past episode. This past episode was great and all, but what the fuck is actually going on when you're trying to push all these intern relationships when Helm was obsessed for half a decade? Half a decade with Mare and only now decided, hey, I'm done. And, you know, she talks some sense into Nick. But why do you try to push that quick narrative Again, Quan and Mills are fine, I, like, or Millen are doing well, and again, it's not seeming, like, overly forced, and again, everyone's acting is great, everyone is beyond clicking, the chemistry is there, it's just that I don't get what is up, like, I obviously did a lot of parallels in the beginning of the season, but I was more hoping for, like, a person parallel, not relationship parallels. And I know a person is a relationship, but I was just hoping for less teenage drama and more kind of just back to the old chaotic nature where even seasons five through eight, the golden era, yes, it was about relationships, but it was still about friendships that were building between each other. And that's just not really happening. And they're just going like zero to a hundred with pushing on these relationships and pulling like, um, 
Derek and Addison Meredith triangle now with McNephew. And yes, I'm still calling it McNephew because that's the best way. Because Shep is amazing. By the way, yes, I still stand by Lucas. And Mika are the most relatable characters in the fact that I wish that they had more of a connection building up. And again, I think you would have more fun with Mika. Mika, again, let's in anything that's hot, like... The end of the episode proved that when she's like, oh, yeah, I made sure to check out Instagram to make sure he wasn't just like a crazy stalker, which I'm pretty sure if anybody listens to this, I'm sorry. This is me. And I mean, I shouldn't be sorry for who I am, but it might come off that I'm a little insane or crazy with how much that I've gone into this. Like Mama Erin's way more cognitive with her ways and reasoning than I am. And I just sound like a chaotic person that doesn't have any idea what's going on and actually if I was gonna say that I was most similar to a character again I'd say I'm Lexi because I have an insane memory and I never really know when to shut up because I get nervous but aside from that again the reason that I connect so much with Lucas and Mika again is because like I feel like the outsider in my family for all the things that I'm trying to do even though I have some other family members that do like the non-traditional ways of life with their career etc I've just always been kind of the weird one because I call out everyone's bullshit even though I'm told not to and it makes things harder and then I feel like I'm always getting in trouble so that's fun so I think the reason I connect with a lot of those characters on a personal level is because also the whole thing with boundaries and you're trying to understand them and put them up and people inadvertently cook ideas into you pretty good and you don't know where you're going next so that's yeah that was a deep and personal moment by Sarah Gallagher and if anybody's listening that knows of anything I'm trying so hard to keep up boundaries on myself and the privacy of my family and by me saying my full name it just probably creates more issue that I don't know what to do and now I am babbling so that's great but yeah uh when I see the intern party going down next week I just am like here's the thing it was done way beautifully in the beginning and again the actors are amazing even and I feel like there has to be some level of attraction because even the not like typically ideal person in a Grey's universe or station 19 universe they go out of their way to still make them like i talked about with laura high conventionally still fitting societal points in a lot of ways and it makes me sit back and think to myself no wonder everyone crushes on everyone any different season depending on what it is and now that when you're in your mid-20s you suddenly see oh my god these people are close enough to my age wait what 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 nope 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 so yes my apologies in advance like I've said all podcasts but I have a lot more energy now that I know my dog isn't dying so clap around for that again so I'm saying so so much but again the problem that I have is that I'm trying to be articulate and cognitive and very smart sounding but at the end of the day trying not to use so much filler words like the books and social media say but again at the end of the day the people that are listening to this are probably just putting it on as background in their car so they can't catch every and but or like dumb blah 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 thing and if you're listening to the patreon thank you for listening to the raw unedited version because there's going to be a lot of filler words taken out on account of that we do not do 
all this, we need it to sound as professional as possible because this is how it works. Now, I realize clickbait wins, so I do want to tell people that I have some more exciting news, not clickbait, but that I'm updating my background just a little bit. As you can see, I got a pillow chair thing that helps with uh, support and sitting upright because just seems that that'll be better for me in the long run so that I don't constantly look like I'm falling asleep on camera. And I'm actually getting a neon sign, which is something I've been saving up for a while to do. And I just, I'm ex so excited to share it with you. I'm looking to do some posters. I am looking for anyone that wants to watch the video version to understand that I am broke. So if it's not as aesthetically pleasing I'm sorry, I started this podcast for starters thinking it'd be more audio until I realized that I enjoy editing videos and making a full video version. And it takes a while to come up with that money when you're not a star or a person that comes from a lot of money, even if it seems like, oh, you probably do. Here's the thing, there's a difference between for family money and your own money, as well as what parents decide to do with said money. And I know that that sounds very confusing, but here's the thing. Even if it appears, and even if I know I might come from more money, my parents are not the type that give, like, the quote-unquote handouts or give you a trust fund. So there's that. As well as the rat race of life and post-pandemic is really hard to find a job. And I keep reiterating that because not only am I trying to make it in the content digital world as well as the acting world, I'm trying to make it in the social media marketing world, and that is very hard to do. And as I've talked a lot on this podcast, it takes a lot of time and effort that in connection and trying to connect with others. And as you can see with how I've just described everything, I might not be the best at that because, again, with ADHD, you sometimes say things that you probably shouldn't say or should be masked. And people say, oh my gosh, you shouldn't have to mask things. You shouldn't have to do X, Y, and Z. I know I shouldn't have to. And I know that it's supposed to make things easier, but it is what it is, and I can't control it. As we wrap up this week's Gen Z Gap podcast, I do want to talk about that I loved, aside from all that Grey's Anatomy stuff, uh, Chris Carmack took over the Grey's social media page this past week, and I just had to say I had the best laugh with it, and Obviously, I know they have not been watching the whole cast and him, have not been watching my dupes video, but the fact that he made his own dupe video, I have so many ideas now, and I'm going to run with it. Thank you, Chris. I was in a big rut, and you just, you just uh, did a lot of necessary creativity juices, flowing ideas happening, so thank you for that. Even though your old man Carmack, Carmack, I hope I did not just F that up in some way. But yes, and I'm wearing my headphones in the old old man way. But you know what? At some point, I will have them down and do them the Gen Z way. And yes, I am constantly unapologetically embarrassing myself and being cringy. But you know what? That is life. 
either you run with it or you don't. And yes, it leads you to having a lot of people think you're crazy. And I started to think about that too when I watch Young Sheldon a lot lately. And partially, yes, but when you realize that it's from the perspective of everyone in that house, that whole family had its own issues and was going nuts. And Sheldon, you realize why some of his behaviors are the way that they are as an adult. And you see how he remembers it versus his family remembers it. And you realize that none of them are actually as dumb as they say, but it's, again, through the perspective of Sheldon and his mom more as an adult, as opposed to young Sheldon goes through every character. And, again, they said that they were changing it up a little bit, but even Sheldon realized in season, like, 11 that everything was not quite what it seems, and that's life, too. And there's always, like, one side of the story, your side of the story, and then the truth. So everyone's got their own little pieces that are probably very truthful, probably true to their experience. But at the end of the day, you get your own insight to, you know, what the viewership would see, hypothetically. That's kind of, like, why reality shows are very interesting, because they're over-the-top dramatic in a lot of ways. But then when you pull back and see them on the behind the scenes types podcast, you really see other things. And that goes back into the Wizards pod of why, you know, Selena Gomez hasn't really kept up with them as much in these few years, only because, you know, she has lupus, she has bipolar, she didn't want people that she sees as close as family to see her in the worst spot possible or you know, with her behaviors, and she really regrets it. She talks about, again, the time in her life was happiest with Wizards because there wasn't as much of the social media pressure. And she's going to probably be back on the podcast, and we'll hear more of that. But we saw in her documentary recently that, you know, she had had a lot of ups and downs within her own family, and people still love to criticize her for her own family stuff. And I'm just not going to get into it. But again, one side is more private than the other. One side doesn't live in the same state as her. And she has said she's protective of both her siblings or what in her family. But I keep seeing people leave hate comments similar with the Haley Bieber situation. And it's like, you can't win on anything in life. And that's kind of... My moral of the story this week is very much that where it's a constant battle of what is actually going on and you don't all have the right answers and you can't fix anything no matter how hard you're trying to get ahead of things and you're gonna piss off some people because you're not gonna be well liked by everyone and you just have to make your peace with that and it's a very hard especially with for women in society and the former people pleaser. So with that being said, uh, this has been episode 43 of Gen Z Gap, and we will see you next week. Enjoy it. Take care. Mental health, physical well-being, you know, all that fun stuff. And we will see you soon. (laughs) 